Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Rewind. Now, on this show, we normally look back a couple of years at a particular fight, but this time we're looking back at a fight that happened just at the weekend gone. Katie Taylor retained her World Undisputed Lightweight Championship against Natasha Jonas in Manchester. And I'm delighted to say that we're joined now by Natasha Jonas's coach, Joe Gallagher. Joe, welcome to the show. Not Gallagher. I'll call you Gallagher. No, I was just about to say, good man. Good man. Said it right. Thank you very much for having me on. How's things, Joe? How are you keeping? Yeah, sound good as gold. Um, listen, disappointed we didn't get the result at the weekend, but usually proud in um, both performances, Marcus Morrison's and, and Natasha Jonas's. Many thought they were lambs to the slaughter, and um, that, that that was never going to be the case. And especially with Natasha, as you said, it was nine years in the building. It was a great fight. The only thing that was missing was the crowd. Sure, but there was enough noise between myself, Brian, and Ross to have made the noise of twenty thousand in their ringside. Uh, I've seen it also. It, it was good. It's, I had it level after eight rounds. Um, Tasha, or you could say Tasha, switched off, or Kate just got on the bike round nine, and then you see in round ten was, was um, a round of two. The first minute was Natasha, and the second minute was Kate, and very much. How you want to score the fight? Did you go for Katie's um, quick flurries, shoe shining, or did you go for Natasha Jonas's power punching? And um, it was a great fight. And I, I did say would love to see it again. There's been rematches made where people have been knocked out and done. Well, I just thought to myself after watching that, I said before the fight, this is a fight that I'd love to have been seen 12 twos or 10 three minute rounds because then we'd get to see how good a professional Katie Taylor is, how good a professional Natasha Jonas is. And that would be a proper professional fight with a crowd. And I think it left everyone going, wow, I'd watch that again. I'll see that again. And hence, that's why I was saying, listen, sure, there's an awful lot of rematches being made that aren't warranted, but I'm sure that's one that people would tune in and be given the rightful billing of a top-of-the-bill fight, which it deserved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Joe, we're going to go through the fight first round to last. Um, a thrilling fight that uh, changed, it ebbed and flowed in terms of momentum and in terms of how it went. And uh, very enjoyable for the fans at home, although there couldn't be any fans in attendance. The first round, 
I'm looking at the judges' scorecard. One gives it to Jonas, one gives it to Katie, and the other has it a split round. It was very kind of cagey start. Um, but we'll, we'll get there in a second. How did you prepare, first of all, to fight Katie Taylor? Natasha Jonas obviously began her career after Katie Taylor had already had already kick-started because I remember Natasha commentating on Katie's debut. And when yeah. Natasha turned professional, was there how much focus was there even at the very time at the start about Katie Taylor? Um, obviously, after the Olympics and Commonwealth ends in 2004, Natasha retired, finished the sport, went away and uh, became a mother. And then I think um, one night, I think uh, I think it was Katie Taylor's uh, fight, she was asked to do commentary work and Someone said to her, wow, this is getting big now, women's boxing. You sure you don't want to give it a go? And she got talked into it. And uh, there was always talk of, wow, imagine you and Katie Taylor that at London as professionals. So that was always the goal. But it took nine years for it to happen. There were speed bumps along the way. Katie went and done a fantastic job, went and won all the belts. And um, yeah, it was always in the back of the minds that that was the, the fight which people could sit back uh, from Ireland, Britain, and go. That's the biggest women's fight they've ever seen, female fight in boxing. And uh, I still feel it is that there's no other females in Ireland or Britain that could compete against each other to generate the amount of interest that them two girls do. Um, and that speaks volumes for. So for them not to have done it would have been a crying shame. The fact that they have done it has made people realise how good both girls are and to do that with a crowd, whether it be in Dublin, Liverpool, Birmingham, London, Manchester, wherever, I, I think that, that that's a fight a lot of people would like to see. But like you said there, it was it was always the goal to try and get Katie. Tasha felt she had unfinished business from the Olympics. And um, fair play to Brian Peters and, and Team Taylor for uh, giving us Tasha Jonas the, the opportunity. Yeah, now fans in Ireland will have seen how Katie Taylor's made the transition from kind of star amateur to top professional uh, there was some learning fights along the way, but she was a world champion quite quite early. And like Saturday night was her twelfth world title fight. Thirteenth. Thirteenth uh, is next, I think, Joe. No, Saturday no, it was thirteenth because I said to Brian, "This is your thirteenth. It's got to be unlucky for you." Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, we watched Katie develop in fights and kind of change her game a little bit, and you know, add little bits to her to her boxing. Over the years, how, do, how have you kind of crafted Natasha Jonas from beginning off as an amateur to being able to compete? Because she looked like a, quite a well-rounded professional on Saturday night. She had a lot of the strings for her bow. Yeah, no, I call her my little haggler, uh, Natasha, now Southpaw. And it, it, it's like anything, it takes a while to adjust and adapt to the professional game. And I think her being in the gymnasium over the years and having a spa, the, the likes of her, uh, Anthony Crawler and um, Paul Butler and Stephen Smiths and... Uh, it just takes a process. It's not something that's done over time. And I think both girls showed that the other night, that the, the professional side, what, what they've learned. Um, but for, for Natasha, it's been slowly... So, some students, very much like people learning the maths or riding a bike, can get it like that. Sometimes needs to be told two or three times, or others need to be told five or six. Natasha's someone very much like Katie. That only has to be told once or twice, and she gets it. And... Um, we sat down, we studied Katie, we were sat back and watched the London Olympics. We went through all Katie's fights against South Poles that she's fought, uh, her losses as an amateur. And when you sit and watch study people enough, you, you, you discover the habits. And Katie still has some habits that she'll never get rid of, as we all don't. 
and um, we were there to wanting to, to exploit them habits. And a couple of times we did, but there's still things we didn't do on the night. And like anything in the heat of the battle, it's keeping that cool head. And, and Natasha did very well, as has Katie. You look at Katie, what she's done over in Madison Square Garden against the Fin Bassoon. Things just don't go right for you. You just don't get them off. You, 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 you're willing and your brain's sinking, but it just doesn't happen. You have to take the handbrake off, as I say, and uh, Natasha Jonas did it the night, but there's still one or two things that she didn't do right, hence why I was uh, bollocking her. Yeah. Now, Joe, it wouldn't be like you to throw an old grenades uh, during fight week. And in the run-up to Katie Taylor against Natasha Jonas, you kind of came out and said, Katie Taylor's past her best. She's, you've, seen, you've seen chinks in the armor, and she's no longer the fighter she once was. Did you mean it, or do you still do you still think so? I feel, um, I do feel, I think she's peaked, Katie. I do think she's peaked. Um, it wasn't mind games. And I, I, it was fight week. I, I just thought to myself, um, with Katie and, and Brian and um, everything else, and I'll, like you say, my family's from Ireland. Tasha's family's from Ireland. And uh, it was a huge gamble, but it was uh, a case of... Um, this was strictly business, and I've never really seen Kate someone put it on Kate or her team or Ross or Brian to understand. So it's just to see how they react for it. But in, as far as um, preparation, if, if you look back at Kate, Kate now, early on in her career, you couldn't get near her. You go back and watch her against McCaskill, you couldn't get near Kate the legs on her for seven, eight rounds. But now Kate is too eager, too easily drawn into the gunfight. You understand? She'll be having the exchanges with you in rounds three and four. Do you understand where you'd never be able to get close to Cater? So in that terms, whether she's developing as a pro and wanting to stand and trade a little bit more or, but listen, it was a comment that whether it work or whether it not, whether it's self-doubt in themselves. And when you watch the Katie documentary, should the, the amount of stress them lot are in the change rooms, and I said it to Brian beforehand, You'd all feel nervous going out to fight, looking at, at the way you get in, and you just needed to put, say some things that make people question themselves. Oh, oh I, I am a little bit. Or I listen, it, it, it's it's worth a try sometimes, and this was an opportunity where I thought, no, it was worth a try. Whether it worked or not, it doesn't. But sometimes it does happen. Some fighters are very sensitive. Fight we do take things on board. Do you know what I mean? And uh, if that one one little doubt. Uh, creeps in, you've you've got them. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it was worth it was worth me putting myself out there by um, saying that. Yeah, if if anyone's uh, if anyone's willing to do so, you're you're the man who's willing to do so. Well, it, it's like um, it's like anything. It, it's all mind game. Remember, man, your steward years ago. It's little things that become massive things. Fight week, and uh, hence what I was saying before. People saying, "Oh, he's shouting on the TV." Listen. For years, I grew up and uh, and I could hear Brendan Ingle shouting through the TV, telling him what to do for Harold Graham, Nassim Hamid, Johnny Nelson, Ryan Rhodes, and everyone was calling him, oh, what a fella, what a fella, what a messiah, what a god. So you're out now and you're an Egypt or a bollocks, do you understand? So um, it is what it is. You choose what you want. But at the end of the day, I described in an interview yesterday, I'm no different than a Ferguson Mourinho or Jurgen Klopp stood on the touchline bollocking the players if they're not doing it right. There's that passion and that intensity. And when they're in a Champions League final, they're absolutely bollocking them. If it's a stray pass, a stray this or whatever else, because that's the moment, Ned, you'll never get another chance. So me in the corner is no different than them than the air, that they need the bollocking. Or if they're moving into position that they've got to get hit in, 
They need readjusting and telling there and then because you won't get another second chance. So I liken it to a football manager on a touchline in full in full rant mode. And that's all it is. It's just passion and it's in the moment now, do you understand? And some people I've, I've never been in that position in their life, but when you are, you, you've got to you've got to drill it home. You cannot allow any mistakes. Have you always been like that, Joe? Going back to you know Egan's Champs Camp, all these places you started off as a young man in. Yeah, I remember up at the Odyssey Arena in Belfast in two thousand in the World Championships two thousand and one. I had Steve Foster in the Worlds, and you could hear me. There was two rings. There was Rigondo and one ring fighting, and Steve Foster this other side, and um, obviously Ian Irwin was a coach, but I was there, and. Uh, it, you could hear me shouting, telling him what to do and everything else. It's just, it's just how I've, I've always been. And uh, it's, it's just whether you call it intensity, passion, and um, you, you want your, your, fight, your, your fighters to win. And like you say to some are and some aren't, you look at, uh, I say Solskjaer, he, he doesn't get off the bench, do you know what I mean? It, it's just horses for courses and that's it. And uh, what works and works for people doesn't it but it, it works for me it works for my stable of fighters and um and the the, the results have shown and uh yeah that's it there was uh there was one part so obviously you're in different different circumstances here and the, the girls are are used to fighting behind closed doors slightly i suppose as amateurs they have to fight in far-flung areas of europe and the world and there's very few fans in attendance but that's a long time ago but uh even since natasha jonas had her biggest fight against terry harper behind closed doors Katie, Katie Taylor's rematched uh, Delphine Pursuit and she's fought Gutierrez behind closed doors. But at the same time, this is still a massive clash. It takes place behind closed doors at the Manchester Arena and every everything can be picked up. There's a mic in your corner. You can be heard. And there was one point at the end of the first round I thought was really interesting. So you touched one arm of Natasha Jonas and you said, don't hit her with this one. And you kind of tapped the elbow and you said, hit her with this one. And you moved over to the right hand and you kind of hit her with this one. And I think it, my interpretation was you didn't want to say to her directly, don't hit her, you know, hit her with the right hand, effectively hit her with the right hand because the right hand was being successful. Was that um, was that premeditated? Like you didn't want basically Taylor's team to hear the instruction or you didn't want Katie? Yeah, to hear no, 100%. I, I, listen, I'm very aware. I do be very aware of uh, the mics in the corner, the, the cameras in the corner and how quickly things in the arena can be, uh, messages can be relayed whether it can be from the commentary, a text message to another team in the corner or whatever else. I, I know the whole crack. So, yeah, listen, it, it's very hard. You're very aware of it in the corner or whatever. And sometimes usually you whisper into a fighter's ear because you don't want the mics picking up on it. Um, but, yeah, no, 100%. You're right there. Yeah. Um, so you also said kind of watch the burst, watch the attack. And did you feel like if you could control KD Taylor's sudden bursts like that last for 5, 10, 15 seconds or whatever it is that you could win the fight? Yeah, 100%. Uh, and it, it was, you could see early on, um, Katie, when she did want to come and throw the shots, Tasha was moving her feet and making Katie fall short. Katie fell short an awful lot early on. Um, and as you said then, in the last minute of the last round when Katie was coming with the burst, um, Tasha was a little bit tired, the legs wasn't there and she was there to be hit, although they were hitting arms and gloves. But she was still throwing them, Katie. But it was just them. Um, they're just being cute with their feet. I call it her amateur feet, her amateur legs, as I referred to late, earlier with Katie, with her legs. I think Katie Taylor's best asset is her legs. Katie Taylor is in 
and she's out before you can hit her. Do you understand? You've just got to time her when she's coming in and make her think about coming in. And um, yeah, that, that, that was the fight, yeah. Uh, after the second round, I think all three judges gave it to Katie Taylor. She landed a good left hook, had one of her two of her bursts. Um, you could see that she probably did enough to shade the round, but Natasha Jonas had established her job and with the right hand, she was she was being quite successful. At the end of the second round, because it's already 20% of the fight is over, which is it's so short in the two-minute rounds and the 10-2s. Did you, did you feel after two rounds that you were winning, losing? Um, no, I, I, I wasn't even contemplating the scorecard. We knew. We were in for a 10-round fight. I'd seen people saying, oh, Katie's got to go through Tasha in two, three, four rounds, and it's just like it wasn't prepared for a 10-round fight. It was a 10-round sprint, as I said to Natasha, and mm-hmm. um, we were in the fight. Stuff was doing. We were making Katie not flow as easy as she likes to flow. We weren't letting her throw her shots as easily as she likes to throw, and, and she wasn't having that much success, and we were keeping her guessing. And I think that for Katie, this is the first time in a long time she's fought someone who could think a lot of her opponents have been right in her face, the boom Pursun, Gutierrez. Uh, not really a good thinking brain. This is the first time for a long time she's fought uh, a fighter who's got a boxing brain as well, who's trying to manoeuvre her. So uh, it was good in the fact that it was a it was a physical game of chess as well, mentally. Yeah, and, and Jonas had a good third round. Um, she it, In the second, it had a head clash, and I think Jonas got... got um, Worn for a bit of holding, Marcus McDonald was going to be looking like he was going to be strict. But at the same time, Jonas uh, landed three or four left hands. And at one stage, after she did, you shouted out, Rich Pickens, she's all over the place, Tash, which might have uh, annoyed some Irish fans listening on the um, on the t- on the TV back home. <laughs> she's all over the place. Do you remember saying that? Yeah, I do. I, for, for, the, for the fact that... And it changes when I was saying all over the place. Katie's balance, she was falling short. She, her eagerness to get in was costing her and she was getting picked off. So I was saying to Tasha, she's coming more and more. And by doing so, she's leaving herself exposed. So hit the spaces, hit the gaps. And being all over the place is in like, she's beginning to now doubt now whether to go in after Tasha or, or hold back a little bit. Does that make sense? So she, so she was questioning what to do. So, so that that in, that was the, in the sense of she's all over the place. She doesn't know what to do. And the rich pickings, the gaps are there to be picked off. You just have to sit what you're doing. Katie's presenting you the opportunities to land without you having to force her to, if that makes sense. Because she's trying to force the situation. By doing so, she's leaving herself more vulnerable and more open. So, um, yeah, that, 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 that was the case on that, yeah. Not as in all over the place. She's hurt and her legs are gone, but... Her head is in all over the place. She doesn't know where to go, whether to come in or come out. Do you know what I mean? She, yeah. She's trying to force it, but she's getting caught on the way in now and she's just not sure which way to go. Yeah, because the same kind of script um, lasted through the fourth round, uh, a round that was given unanimously to Katie and Jonas. some of Jonas' attacks looked a bit ragged and I wouldn't say you did, you shout again, her balance is all over the place, Tasha, but it was, it was after actually Jonas had kind of lost her composure a little bit in the fourth round. And it looked like maybe Katie was starting to get on top. How, how important was a fast start for you guys in the, in the fight? Because we looked at the fifth round and, you, you know, you t- told Natasha, this is a 10 round sprint. So probably just to remind her to up it because it's it, the fifth is another round that the judges have given to Katie. And um, at the halfway point, do you guys think you're winning? I know, you, I know you're well in the no, fight. We, 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 I knew we weren't winning. I knew we weren't winning, but we were in the fight. And I knew what 
Tasha was, what we'd worked on, and how Kate had been, and um, we, we knew it, it was simmering, and the, it, the fight was about to ignite. Um, but we were in a good place. We were landing shots. We were maneuvering Kate into positions. Um, as you touched on earlier, we were well aware of Katie's head. We'd mentioned to the ref before, and it's no fault of it. It's just a habit of Katie's that when she comes in, she comes in sometimes and she falls in with her head. And um, you look at Daphne Pursuna's face that was marked up badly a few times. She's for and she falls in, Kate, and then she pulls out. She pulls out, lifting head up. She doesn't do it intentionally. It's just a, a habit of hers. Um, and I said to Tasha, every time that head goes in, you've got to absolutely call out on that because it's uh, you bust your eye, split your eye open, and that. So that was my main concern going back on that you mentioned before. But um, no, I thought um, where we were after five rounds. Three, two, four, one, whatever it was, but but we we knew now we, it was got to blow up. It was got to blow up now. These next few rounds, it, it was going the way that we thought it would do. Yeah, and was there a plan then to up the tempo in the sixth round, seventh round? Yeah, well, it, it, yeah. It, 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 listen, we were in the fight then, Katie. Katie's the, the main thing was early on was to keep it tight because we didn't want Katie coming rushing us. Um, we felt if Katie came rushing and rushing, she might have tried rushing her. But I thought, so if Katie wouldn't do that, she knows how our Tasha hits and she'd be a fool to. And um, we kept composed, we kept tight. We um, made Katie have to think for the work. But then sooner or later, knowing Brian, knowing Ross in that corner, they'd be going, right, you've got to put it on her now. You've got to put it on her. And when she came, then it was there then. And, and that's what happened. Yeah, there was something he said in the sixth round, which kind of characterised the second half of the fight. Hooks up the guts, which I, which the cameras picked up. Hooks up the guts, and it, it did uh, body body punching, which is not 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 seen as much in women's boxing, uh, became a big factor in the second half of the fight. And some of the close rounds that probably Katie won, Jonas could say, but I, you know, I hit her a lot more to the body, like professional boxing, you know. Yeah, um, well, like I say, it, it is. I thought Natasha's body work was brilliant. Like I said, she, she looks like a, a proper professional fighter. She was whipping him up the middle into the gut. There was one in our corner that she caught Katie right up in the middle of the gut. And that, that hurt Katie. You could just tell when all of a sudden the tense up and the step back for a minute and just holding her breath a little bit like that. And then um, Tasha was coming around the sides. And we were talking about it because I had referenced it to a bit like a Leonard Hagler fight. You, you're either going for the shoe shining or Leonard. Or you're going for the steady, hard shots of, of a haggler. And um, very similar to this fight, um, Katie would throw punches and bunches. A lot had hit arms and gloves. A few would get through. But then when Tasha opened up, Tasha would hurt, do you know what I mean? Body, head. And uh, and there was something behind her punches. So it's it's what you like in boxing. And that's what made it such a, a competitive fight. Yeah. Now, Joe, you've obviously seen it all. You've... You know, you've had a ring magazine champion in Callum Smith and you've, you know, you've been in unifications and packed, packed halls, packed stadiums, uh, fought Canelo away. You've, you've been everywhere and you've seen it all. But round six, seven and eight, Jonas has some good rounds. I think the, the judges gave eight to Katie, but it was a very close round. And I think you could probably interpret Jonas winning it as well. And at this stage, your fighter is pretty much on the brink of beating the golden girl. Just pound for pound number one. Um you know, some people will have it level. Some people have Jonas up. Some people have Katie Taylor up at that stage. But in your heart, in your corner, were you guys getting excited? Maybe after the seventh or the eighth round? I wouldn't say excited, but we, we we knew this is the fight. This is what had happened. It was just like right. Yeah, it, it wasn't something that we were. Uh, 
oh, oh we've got a hurt or anything. It's like, no, we know what we're doing. Here we go. And now we're going down the straight. I think after eight rounds, I think I might have said, I think we've got this, this is level, this Tash. Tash said to me at one point, how have you got it? And um, I said at one point, I said it was like 4-1 or 5-2 or something. I said, oh, it could be 4-3 after seven. And I said, it's like what you like. So, um, but then after eight, I, I did think it was level with two rounds to go. Um, I think round nine, um, Katie got on the bike and sort of like showed her experience at world level as what I call as kill the clock. She didn't engage that much in round nine and she, 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 she just outfoxed her, outcuted her in round nine, um, Katie, and got the round. And then you could tell how close the fight it was for, now I was noisy at the beginning, but I'm telling you now, you couldn't hear me now down the straight for the amount of shouting, Ross and Brian and Katie's mum was shouting. And I said to Natasha, I'm telling you how close this is, because you can tell by the way they're shouting. I said, this is it now, round 10. You've got to go out. You've got to claim that beginning of the round, uh, win this round, round 10. And she came out and did that the first minute around 10, say the first minute and 15. And um, the, 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 the encouragement from um, Katie's team in the corner, pushing her on and to throw them threes and fours. And, and then Katie took over the second half of the round. So round 10, I've not seen the judges scorecard, so it's interesting to hear. So round 10, you could give it Jonas for her better work, or you could give it Katie for the shoeshine work. It, it's, it was that type of fight all the way through, wasn't it? So I don't know who the judges gave round 10 to. Yeah, like I was... I- when you were very vocal in the first half of the fight, particularly, I was taking kind of little notes of the things you were saying, you know, because planning to ask you it, and I obviously I have done. But yeah, like you say, from when Natasha Jonas got on top, you kind of you you kept quiet, and you just hear little bits like composure or you know, stay calm, Natasha. Whereas you're 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 dead right. You could hear Katie Taylor's corner a lot more frequently, telling her to attack or keep the hand up, and kind of urging her on. That tense round. Now, you'll be interested to know that two judges gave it to Natasha Jonas and one had it all square. Oh, well, yeah, I thought so. That's the same football. Your, your faith in boxing is restored. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, I, I, I did say at the presser, all of what I said everyone to do was the judges to do the job, everyone do the job and we'll have a great fight. And um, and, and they did do, and fair play to Katie Taylor. Um, she, uh, that, that, that round nine, one uh, one of the fight, uh, but that just comes with um, ring craft and experience. And Natasha, or should we get in excited? Most of the the fight level after eight. Um, sometimes you can. I, I never do praise fighters in the corner because I think the job's done and the switch off. So I try always not to. I always try to keep them on the edge, keep them switched off, keep them focused, um, so that they don't switch off and walk onto something. You've seen it many a time. Um, yeah, so, um, it, it is what it was. It, uh, no one expected that from Natasha the other night. And, um, it, it was a great fight. And, uh, Katie Taylor's pound for pound number one in the world. And the journey Natasha Jonas has been on from being beat by Ovenuff, coming back to pushing Katie that close is a huge credit to her. And, um, Brian knows and Katie knows Natasha's a serious threat. Now, they said afterwards to do the rematch. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe not straight away, but down the road. In a, in a, it was a shame because I, I always envisage and I would love to see the fight happen on a St. Pat's weekend. Uh, I think it would be just an unbelievable episode. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, um, are, are you involved in any of the negotiations or do you just get told, here's Natasha's date or do you have an input? No, no, like no, no. Yeah, no, listen, me and Natasha, we have our discussions, we have our thoughts and she speaks to her management and um, yeah, and, and that's it. Very good. Um, well, hopefully the, hopefully the rematch comes to pass maybe next year or because I think afterwards Eddie Hearn talked about Katie Taylor fighting maybe next at, at uh, Leeds, uh, uh, somewhere in Leeds under a, on a Josh Warrington bill, but it would be to take care of one of her mandatory challenges so uh, so she can keep her undisputed. undisputed yeah, I, I, think, I think the mandatories can be overridden by immediate rematches. I always do feel this is a demand and and, the, and the, there's a, de- a huge enough demand and people want to see a fight governing bodies will step aside and let that fight happen um, instead of having to deal with mandatories. You see governing bodies at the moment, they're not pushing Joshua to fight Usyk at the moment while they try to get the big fight on with Fury, are they? So if there's if there's a man there and um, um, Eddie and Natasha's team pushed hard enough, um, who's not to say that fight couldn't happen in July, August time uh, at, the, at the end of the year, at the end of the summer outdoors. Well, if, yeah, if it's if it does happen, it would definitely want to be in front of a crowd anyway, because yeah. do you do you feel a crowd could have pushed on your fighter more or Katie Taylor more? Who do you think in your heart uh, having thousands of screaming fans would have inspired a bit more? Um, I don't, for both girls, I don't think these are two girls that would perform just as good without a crowd, as we've seen the other night and behind the road, as they would do with a crowd because they did it in the Olympics and they've done it again. Where you look at fighters, my own fighter, for example, Anthony Crawler, loved the crowd. It brought it out of him. It did with Ricky Hatton. We've just seen it with Josh Warrington with a crowd. I've always said Fury versus Joshua are two different fights with a crowd or without a crowd. I prefer it without the crowd in a bubble, no one there, and the two of them just going at it as a straightener. Do you know what I mean, that's a total different fight than a crowd. And um, yeah, I think for Kate and Natasha, I just think the fans themselves to be there and the girls to experience it. And it's, um, yeah, it's great watching TV, but to be in person and uh, to to, to go to that event and be ringside and uh, and watch two females who are at the prime of the career to um, be part of that. We've got to look back in years to come on on these two, uh, especially Katie Taylor and what she's achieved for female boxing. Also for national terms, but the, the two fights that they've had in the Olympics and that the other night, and it'd be a shame that if we look back in history, that we never seen them in a, a big arena, headlining act in front of 10, 20,000 people. It warrants that. And um, we're, we're very fortunate to be in an era where I am part of it and fans are witnessing witnessing at the moment. Yeah, now, Joe, you're, you're one of those uh, Manchester Irish people kind of, the, the same as like you know Johnny Marr and Morrissey or Noel and Liam Gallagher cousins of yours I'm sure and, and, Tyson, uh, Fury. And, and Tyson Fury yeah going up against uh, an Irish national treasure like uh, Katie Taylor did you hear much blowback from your relatives and stuff because people here care deeply about what happens with Katie Taylor no. and if you're in the opposite corner you're going to get some stick 
No, exactly. And this is Natasha's father. He's, she's, he's from Ireland. Do you know what I mean? So, um, listen, we, 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 we were all well aware of it. But, uh, listen, um, they all know, listen, Katie's great. My family's met Katie. They, they, they all know what a national treasure is. And like I said in the press conference, it's very hard to talk bad of Katie. She's a national hero and uh, a treasure. Um, and regardless of what I may say here, I have huge res- res- respect for her. And it was just strictly business fight week, do you understand? And um, yeah, and, that, and that's all it was. Um, as far as kickback or uh, anything else, I, I I seen a good like it's, it was funny of a weekend where there was a social media blackout for online abuse. Sure, I got a fair bit of stick for it anyway. Like, do you know what I mean, so uh, but yeah. uh, the, the, listen, it, 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 it is what it is, and it listen, and um, that's it. The, the, the family over there up in Sligo, there, they they uh, their their hearts are torn, do you know what I mean? Um, but like I said, that they're supporting the son and uh, the brothers and everything else, so um. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah, and have you been home? Have you been back to Sligo recently? I suppose with COVID nineteen. No, I haven't been over here. Yeah. No, my dad, my dad was ill um, during COVID, so he's over there in Sligo General um, in COVID, and it, it was really annoying that I wasn't able to uh, be allowed to go over. That you were told you only to travel the five kilometres away from wherever, and there was plenty of gather about, and the, the hotels were shut. And um, it's really disappointing. It was his birthday yesterday. He spoke to him, FaceTimed him, and uh, hopefully now I just well, can't wait to get over and see him. It's nearly a year and a half now since I've been over there, and, and that's from someone who's over there once every month, once every six weeks. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to go over and seeing him. And it was worrying times to feel um, him being um, unwell and being in the hospital and very much like over here, my mum wasn't too well neither. It's like they don't want to go in because they know they're not coming out. And uh, th- th- that was the worry. And uh, But fortunately enough, listen, they allowed him out and he's on the mend and he's recovering. So there were worrying times to think I would never have been allowed to have been able to have gone over if uh, your relative would have, uh, your father or your mother would have passed away. So um, it was stressful times, but like I said, I can't wait to, to get over and see everyone. Joe Gallagher, thanks very much for joining us today on Rocky Road Rewind. We'll uh, we'll leave it there and best wishes to you and all your family as well in the weeks. No problem. Cheers, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. And sure, uh, like I say, you use now will be uh, coming out of lockdown very soon now. Hopefully so. And, uh, yeah, I hope so. And uh, <laughs> back to some type of normality. And I just wish everyone uh, good health and uh, all the best and take care.